the free for all roundtable brought to you by lexus avon canada's newest lexus dealer in the maple auto mall near rutherford at highway 400 luxury is closer than you think round one on round one, Sabrina Nanji is with Queen's Park Observer, Matt Gurney, journalist and co-founder of The Line, an online magazine. John Burnside is here, Toronto City Councillor and TTC Chair. I have to look over the agenda. I think it's the first Monday, John Burnside, where there hasn't been something disastrous going on on the TTC that I have to put the screws to you. How wonderful is today? Okay. Um, let's talk about the workers, uh, the federal government civil service workers who apparently are going to up their game today. I don't, don't know what that necessarily means. Um, let's listen to the leader, because Matt, I'd be interested. You've covered a lot of things in your time as a journalist, and some of you, Sabrina. I just don't think that this strike has struck a nerve. I think Canadians are shrugging it off unless somebody's waiting for a passport, but they're still shaking their fists in the air like this is, you know, the end of the auto sector. The Prime Minister has been in the media saying that we need to get to a deal and that he was hopeful that we would get to a deal. The Prime Minister has done nothing to move these negotiations along. Our members are fed up. Our bargaining teams are fed up. Okay, uh, the reason the Prime Minister has done nothing is it's not his job, Matt Gurney. Yeah, no, and I would say to your point about uh, there hasn't been a lot of reaction yet from the broader public, that, I think, speaks more to the fact that it's a federal strike. I mean, you've already mentioned passports. That's a great example. Uh, others would be people who need import-export permits, uh, people waiting on immigration-related paperwork. There are people out there who are going to notice this strike really quickly. Most of us, though, this is not a municipal services strike. Like, you, I, all four of us here on the panel today, if the... If municipality goes on strike you notice that right away if the province goes on strike you notice that pretty quickly I need federal services like twice a year and I haven't needed them since the strike has gone on so I don't think the public is really engaged yet but I would agree with you as well John that the the, the rhetoric is certainly really really hot here I think part of what we learned last week is that the union leadership is probably not confident it has overwhelming support among its own membership here they might be overplaying their own hand a little bit my own sense though is that you I Sabrina uh, the counselor we may not notice this federal strike personally for another week, maybe another two weeks, but the federal government can only cruise on autopilot for so long before some things start to break down. Yeah, and, and Sabrina, I would agree with that, that if you're a farmer or you're in the fishing business, there are a lot of people who deal with um, the state on a regular basis, but if you're not sitting there waiting for a new passport to arrive because you've got a wedding in June, then you're probably pretty calm about this. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think that this is something that, uh, you know, applies not just during uh, contentious uh, contract negotiations. You know, we are farthest removed from our federal government unless you're right. We need a passport. We're doing our taxes, that type of thing. It's not like the province uh, with healthcare or education or just the city with, you know, garbage pickup or, or potholes. And so I, I think that, you know, if I'm reading between the lines here, usually if I learned anything from, you know, teacher negotiations with the province, when both sides are, are really loud and, and uh, chatty with reporters, that's usually a sign that behind the scenes, things are not going so well at the bargaining table. And so obviously I think that's playing a role in 
in, in what we're seeing now. But I think also, you know, one of the big sticking points, the ability to work from home is something that like most Canadians are, are probably on board with. We, we also saw a poll recently saying that too. And so I think, you know, maybe highlighting some of the other issues might, might get this more traction, but I, I'm really not holding my breath. Yeah, let's salt in the details of this poll, John Burnside, before you have your turn. And that is that actually more than 50%, 55% of Canadians are very sympathetic to the demand that more workers be allowed to spend more time working from home. And I think that's because they're on the front lines of a transformation that's going to affect all of us. You're 100% right, but they're thinking, to your point, in their own terms. They're not thinking about government terms. And the problem is that we've only seen working from home for about three years. Productivity across the board has gone down. People were originally very thankful for their jobs, so they worked hard. The longer it goes on, working from home, I think the less uh, uh, productive they'll be. Here's the problem at the federal level. Um, It's it's all about managing in government, and uh, all governments do a very poor job of managing employees. So if they're working from home, the lazy ones are, are able to be a lot lazier, and especially when you have a strong union. This is a very dangerous thing, enshrining the ability for civil servants to work from home. Let's move on to an 18-year-old running for Toronto mayor. John Burnside, you're the city councillor. This is uh, candidate number 50. Well, and you know, he probably has as good a chance as anyone. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the problem is that none of the other candidates have really stud, uh, stood out. Uh, I think it's really interesting that someone from that's 18 years old goes, gets his signatures, is willing to put up $200, and um, it's a great civics lesson. It is, although Matt Scott Reed was not particularly supportive on the morning brief at 6.20 because this 18-year-old candidate, who incidentally joins us at 8.35 this morning, um, it doesn't seem to be very serious about it. So it's not like some earnest Turk who's doing model parliament. It's some guy who's just trying to draw attention. Honestly, that makes me like it more. Uh, I think I would agree with Scott, but I think I would just have the exact opposite analysis here. Like, if if the kid really was earnest about it, then I would feel kind of like a jerk having to make all the obvious arguments why someone who has no life experience and whose prefrontal lobe hasn't finished growing yet probably shouldn't be given executive authority over a lot of people here. But when we talk about a kid who's basically in it for a laugh... There, I start seeing a kindred spirit. Okay, Sabrina, your quick thoughts. I thought it was very cute. I don't know if I have much more to add than Mm -hmm. my co-panelists, but, you know, why not? Uh, There are 50 people in there. Do you really even need that much support with all these contenders? I think it's like 15 or 20% to win mayor, so don't rule them out just yet. On the weekend, the Environment Ministry announced that they will be building, or designating, I should say, a new provincial park in and around Uxbridge. Sabrina, you're at Queen's Park. Is this a sop to all those people who are complaining about the uh, Green Belt and the 413, or is it a genuine, you know, is it it going to be a, a new jewel in Ontario's park's crown? Well, I think that, you know, as much as, you know, the good intentions might be behind here, I think we can kind of all agree, you know, uh, a newly protected space, um, 
is a good thing. But just because of what the Ford government has has done up until this point, you know, opening up the green belt after promising not to, I think that they've really created a big credibility problem for them because it's not just when it comes to the environment, but, you know, a lot of their policies are now, critics are saying they're now, you know, essentially just cover for unpopular decision making. I mean, we're talking about the science center move being a cover for the controversial thermo spa and water park uh, at Ontario Place. Teachers are unions, teacher unions are complaining about um, these changes to school boards being a distraction from, you know, less than what they had hoped for, for grants for student need funding. And so I think that while this may be a good thing, um, they the rollout of it has kind of been a bit of a disaster because as you mentioned, you know, environmentalists and uh, climate advocates are saying that, you know, this really doesn't make up for, you know, what's going to happen uh, at the Greenbelt and those protected lands. Yeah, Matt, one of the things that environmentalists are calling for, they say, we love you preserving land, but we need to investigate whether this is even worthy of a a park. Is there any, you know, is the public even going to go there? Yeah, no, and look, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that to me, that's a, that's an awfully good question before you set aside all the land. But to me, this reminds me of an old joke my friends and I used to have, which is that you could get away with almost anything if you then just immediately pulled a balloon animal out of your pocket because everyone would go, whoa, a balloon animal. Like, this strikes me as basically Doug Ford looking around and being like, you know what? I'm screwing up on the green belt. I'm being investigated for that. My science center announcement got leaked. I wasn't ready to make the announcement. Now I've made it. Everybody hates me again. And what can I announce that makes me look good here? So this is a really big balloon animal, and I don't think it's going to work. And I, again, this is me sounding more cynical than I want to on a Monday. But when was the last time any of you guys like got really jazzed about a new provincial park? Oh, like like you just spent all day going yes, right on a new provincial park. Everybody likes parks. Everybody likes provincial parks here. But I don't know if this is the kind of thing that gets you out of trouble when you're in trouble. Okay. Well, the environment minister David Pacini is going to be in. In studio at 8:20. So Matt, we'll see if he brings a Any uh, balloons. A balloon. Yeah. 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 Uh, John Burnside, I'm interested in your thoughts about this um, matrix or whatever. This means of calculating how friendly a city is, and apparently Toronto is the friendliest city in the world. I know as a city councilor, you can't necessarily talk our city down, but nice ain't what comes to mind when I think about Toronto, and I like Toronto. Uh, 100% agree with you, except the point I can't talk it down. The truth is the truth, right? Um, so I think the better term is welcoming city. Okay. Um, if you're if you're on the TTC, no one even looks at you. Um, I think welcoming all the five of the six criteria have to do with sort of infrastructure. Are we are we welcoming in terms of LGBTQ and all and a bunch of other things? The only term uh, where friendly was used was about staff and uh, like service staff. I think of going to Miami, which I actually found to be quite um, quite welcoming. I was with my girlfriend. She's no longer allowed to uh, book hotels because she's a bit parsimonious and she had us basically living under a, um, a freeway but we're um, we uh, we came out of the hotel we we're looking for a target we were lost guy gets on the off came on the off ramp opened his window said where are you going we said target he said let me give you a ride I just don't see that happening in Toronto and that's why I think Miami's even friendlier. well I'm glad he didn't turn out to be a serial killer too <laughs> Well, there's that. Okay. Uh, Matt Gurney, it's kind of hard to sell yourself as the friendliest city in the world when strangers get stabbed on the bus. 
Yeah, and I've, I've also just never thought Canadians are friendly, and I've always thought Canadians are polite. If someone asks me for help on the street, like, hey, where do I go uh, to get to you know, the Target? Like, we'll, we'll go with the council as an example. If I know, I'm going to tell them. I'm going to smile. I'm going to tell them to have a very nice day, and then I'm going to immediately withdraw back into my urban dwelling bubble, and I'm going to refuse to make eye contact with anyone <laughs> because it's awkward. Like, this is, like, Torontonians are really, really bad at this go to any city in the united states and i would also say go to almost any other city in canada you will find people that are friendlier i i have to agree with the counselor on this one we're welcoming we're polite we're uh, helpful we're civic-minded but do we go out of our way to make each other's day a bit brighter no yeah well and also sabrina you know six months of the year it's kind of hard to show any expression of niceness through a snowsuit yeah, and like friendly to who? The raccoons? I, I think I'm I'm with my, my panelists here. Uh, you know, it's funny we're talking about transit when we're talking about this because one of the things that stood out to me the most moving back to Toronto after um, going to college in Ottawa was I was saying thank you to the bus drivers and no one was really acknowledging it. And that was something that was just so common that I used to do in Ottawa. Um, and, you know, the bus drivers would be friendly. Uh, my past fellow passengers would be saying thanks. Um, so I, I don't think we're, we're so much friendly as, as we are polite. Yeah, it's funny you mention that because every year after I spend two weeks in Cape Cod, I come home and I'll walk down Young Street going, good morning, hello. And people are like, what is wrong with you? Uh, quick thoughts, Matt Gurney, is it a scandal or not? Rogers has hired a former federal liberal cabinet minister, Navdeep Baines. Um, it's a scandal, but it's so in line with just how everything works in this country that it's like a baseline scandal. We can calibrate our equipment using this. <laughs> okay. Uh, John Burnside? Uh, no, I don't really think so. I mean, newsflash, ex-politicians, the only job uh, we really get are in government relations. That's what this is. Okay. Uh, Sabrina and Angie, enough time for your thoughts. Uh, I, I agree. You know, uh, not surprising, but bad optics. Okay. We didn't get into Sophie Gregoire Trudeau, but maybe uh, we'll do that on round two. A bit of a wiggy interview. Very Gwyneth Paltrow, minus the uh, the, the rocks. Catch the roundtable, round one at 7.45, round two at 8.45. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.